Sideburns versus skinny jeans. Walkmans versus AirPods. Millennial or Gen Xer, we're going to dive right in to family, finances, and fun. Mom, is my laundry done? Really, Ryan? Welcome to In My Day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of In My Day. Uh, back here with Dave. What do we got today to drink, Dave? Oh, today we've got this Knob Creek Single Barrel Select Bourbon. It's 120 proof, and it looks like it was actually barreled in 2010, if you could believe that. Cheers. And I'll pour you a little something in here. I'll try a little bit. And it looks like it actually was selected out of the Rick House in February 27th of 2020. And it's really cool how they tell you. They tell you where this bottle, the warehouse, where it came from, what floor, um, and what Rick it came from on that floor. It's pretty cool. But it's really it's really cool. Yeah. Good one. I mean, why not? It's a it's a another bourbon, Kentucky bourbon that's just got a fun story, but you're actually literally getting that single barrel. Yeah. So it's not like they take a bunch of barrels and mix them in. You're getting this barrel, and so it's a very unique taste. So like we might get one in the same warehouse, a different floor, a different rick, right, yeah. bin, and pull that, and it may taste totally different, even though it was in there for the exact same time period. But just pretty cool. difference in temperature, whatever it might be. So kind of neat. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, last episode we promised that we would talk about some jobs that we've had. So we thought we would hit our worst jobs we've ever had, best jobs we've ever had, but we're going to start with the first job we ever had. I'll let you go first, Dave. What was the first job you had? And also, what year was it, just for context? Okay. Uh, first job I ever had was in 1990 or 91. Okay. And I was actually a building contractor's handyman assistant. Okay. Now, anybody that knows me, if they're hearing this, they're like, I, I don't. You learned nothing from this, Dave. You don't even know how to use a drill. I just had someone, I'm not joking, over the weekend while we're moving houses, I had someone actually teach me how to use a hand wrench to actually torque like bolts for a TV thing out of the wall. Because I was twisting it around in a circle, and then all of a sudden he's like, no, just hold this way and go. And I looked at him like he was Houdini, and he's like, it's okay. You know? I, I was in that group text. I can confirm he didn't know how to do it. I had absolutely no idea. So, like, I mean, but I do know how to actually do, like, I do how to, I know how to measure. I do know how to do, like, a tape line, like a drag line with chalk line. Um, I do know how to actually, believe it or not, put in acoustical ceiling tiles and hang ceilings. So they didn't teach you the, you were sick on wrench day, but you, you but figured I, out how to do the ceiling? I never did a wrench. I know how to use a <laughs> saw to cut things off. I didn't, I have all my appendages still. Um, and I know how to drill divots. The, the second job within that same job was I actually had a drill and a actual bit on the drill. And all I did was drill through the rivets of aluminum um, panels that all came off of what was the old Key Bank Arena downtown Seattle where the Seattle Supersonics used to play. Yeah. Well, they took it apart, and the price of aluminum was so good, it was worth them paying me like 
18 bucks an hour back then, which was really good money back in like 91, two, three to actually drill the rivets out and save the sheet metal. Yeah. So it's a really good deal. Those were some of my first jobs. And then, oh, and then in college, of course, I mean, one of my first jobs, <laughs> I actually had to listen to a guy. I got paid 12 bucks an hour to listen to a guy read through the Old Testament in its entirety. Really? And there are a lot of begats in the Old Testament, you know, like so-and-so begat so-and-so, who begatted so-and-so, who begatted so-and-so, and they lived in the land of this. And then there was Jethro, and he had his son this, and he begatted so-and-so, and he begatted so-and-so, and they lived here. It was it was interesting, but it 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 almost got to be my worst job. But I've got another one. How about you, though? First job for you. First job. Uh, first or two, job. You know? When I was in high school in the summer, I worked at a golf course teaching. I was a decent golfer, so I taught golf I've heard lessons, rumors, yeah. And uh, also taught the camp for the kids. Mm-hmm. So the They allowed thing, you around children? I know. It's a little scary. But huh. they... they <laughs> Surprising. You learn something about someone every day. I, I did realize I was not going to be an elementary school teacher during that. I, I, I mean, thank goodness. So there's a lot of thankful parents out in the world right now that I did have that job. Uh, but, no, I, I had a lot of fun doing it. It wasn't something I wanted to do long term. But it was it was a lot of fun and got to teach a lot of kids and have a good time. That, that was my first job ever. Um, my – yeah. And then also I worked at – working for the golf course, I had to put away carts. So I have some good stories from that because, you know, working as a 15-year-old – and the guys would come back after drinking all day, okay. and they would have a you know, cart full of beer and everything, and I'd have to clean it up and send them on their way and tell them not to drive and watch them <laughs> run away and hide behind me so they could drive away. And It was pretty fun. So it was a good job. Not bad. What about worst jobs? Worst job I ever had. Uh, I had an internship in college for a company that was needed a social media manager. Mm-hmm. So I became their social media manager, but the company was in Connecticut, and I was in Kentucky, so it just didn't make any sense. I could never get the boss to answer my phone call. So I was running their social media, but I still don't know what they did to this day. Um, I was just posting like local news and stuff about Lexington, <laughs> and I I would call the manager and I and she wouldn't answer, and she'd be like, "Just send out something about the news." And I'm like, "Okay." They kept paying me though, so I kept doing it, but it was just not fun, and I always felt like I was doing something wrong, which I probably was because I still don't know what they sold to this day. So oh I don't goodness. know what I was promoting, but that's absolutely awesome. I got, I got through it. So what was your worst job? Oh my gosh. I mean, okay. Well I did for a little while in college. Um, I worked as a bouncer at a club, um, made money and some people loved you. And of course the drunk belligerent people hated you. Um, so that was interesting. I also cleaned, um, literally the grease grates and 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 the screens over the cafeteria fryers and stoves oh. and you talk about like you know you see these pictures of like you know liposuction being done and this and that well i mean it doesn't shock me to people because i'm like i saw that all through college in these grates just the amount of fat that comes off all of the stuff it is disgusting so that was a pretty bad job but you know what 
one of the other interesting jobs that I had was actually working as a night st- uh, store clerk. Uh-oh. And I at worked, a gas station? I you worked at a gas right? station. It was, it, was, it was a mom and pop um, shell station in Wilmore, directly across from my alma mater, Asbury University. At the time, it was Asbury College. And the one fun story I can tell you about this is the then dean of students at the time, right? I closed the gas station from usually like I'd work the night shift. So I would clock in, you know, two to three usually, and we closed at 10. Okay. Um, you know, um, and so I would work, you know, you know, basically two to three afternoon to close. And I, I usually did that about, you know, four nights a week. Um, because I was also going to school full time during that time. And I was also delivering pizzas, believe it or not, during that time to make money as well, because I had quit the job listening to the Bible scholar read the Old Testament, as that was brutal. We got through the Old Testament, and he said, I'm going to do the New Testament. Do you want to listen? I'm like, I'm good. So You should have stayed. The news easier. I, I know. I Looking back, I mean, so I'm, I'm bad on the New Testament, like at church, but I got the Old Testament down. Well, that's like, good. I'm like Encyclopedia Britannica. For Blessing the in disguise cousin. of the sun. It is. It really is. But it's actually a lot of depressing stuff, uh, to be quite honest. It's like listening to sad country songs because um, nothing ends well. Um, the um, the only good part is in the beginning. And then after that, it's just travesty after travesty after Once travesty. Once you the parrot, kind of went downhill. It's terrible. It was absolutely awful. So that said, back to the night store. So I'm working as a night store clerk. And the perks were, when you clean, closed up, you know, we had like the fried chicken and little pizza and like all the JoJo's, you know, those old big thick potatoes. Did you eat the leftover crusty You pizza? got all that when it was like two, three hours old. But you know what? When you're in college. Oh, it's great. It's free food. It wasn't even a dollar. It was free. Wow. Okay. It was awesome. That beats my dollar mini burgers. It was amazing. I mean, you talk about now, it didn't taste like your dollar mini burgers. It tasted like something that you were eating after three or four hours in a heater. Like so cardboard, basically. Yes. But I mean, it was, um, there was some protein in the chicken that was like no juicy. I mean, and the, by that time, the grease had left it because it was, it wasn't moist anymore. Might have been healthy by that point. It probably is bordered on healthiness. So, but the best story I have of working in this little, the night shift to the is the gas station. Of course, this this gas station sold uh, no alcohol because Wilmore, you know, was a dry town. I think mm-hmm. it still is, but um, it did sell lottery tickets. Okay, big sin, big big sin. Because remember, when I was going to Asbury back then, they had boys and girls dorms, no cohabitation, right? But boys and girls dorm, and they actually had delineation lines marked in yellow paint about 15 yards from the boys' dorm, about 15, 20 yards from the girls' dorm, and you could not pass those lines after 9 p.m. at night. So you could be on a date with someone, cap, you know, campus little eatery or whatnot. You could walk them to that line. It was not like, to the door. Just like North Korea, South Korea. You know, no, you had to stop there because it's probably like a sniper in the bushes, a uh, resident advisor, RA, could be someone on the board, could be someone in the, you know, in trustees of the school, Looking out, you know, just spying with spyglasses, looking for any guy that crossed that line after 9 p.m., right? The next year was like 9.30. The next year was like 10. But still, couldn't go very far. And if you crossed it, there would actually be like demerits. I mean, you're actually getting rid up. Yeah, you'd be on probation. Because, you know, it's no joke. God forbid you crossed that yellow line. I mean, what happens after 9 p.m. if you cross that yellow line? What I figured out in college is people get pregnant. So by staying inside the yellow line and away from the dorm or girls away from our dorms, 
it helped us out. But the best story I have, okay, from that job was I had the dean of students, okay, come over and actually ask me to snitch. He said, I want to know all the students' names that are buying lottery tickets and, or more importantly, that are buying cigarettes Wow! from you when you're working here. And I looked at him, I'm like, I'm no snitch. And he's like, it is your rightful godly duty to report these people to me because they're living in sin. Now, I was like an 18-year-old kid, 17, 18-year-old kid. I'm thinking like, well, what do I know about sin? Like, I mean, if this guy's saying it, looking back, I mean, seriously, seriously, snitches get stitches. That's what I know from a fact. And I never snitched on any of my classmates. And I, when I left that job, the funny part is the guy that owned the store, he sold it since then. I told him I was leaving that job to go deliver pizzas full time. And at that job, I was making $6 an hour. Minimum wage was two seventy-five. Okay. You know what I told him when I was leaving? What's that? He literally looked me squarely in the eye. He said, David Smith, you had a, you had a career opportunity here. You could have been my full-time day manager here. And you were walking away from this job that pays you $6 an hour to go deliver pizzas. He goes, son, you will never again work in Wilmore. I will make sure of that. And I looked him in the eye and I actually was kind of scared. And I said, Sam, thank you for the opportunity, but I'm turning my resignation. Wow. You turned down that. I did. (laughs) And to this, and you know what? Just like we talked about last week, that that letter right up about me you still have that one trading <laughs> i still have in my in my mind bank right i still have that conversation and i can still replay it and that is still fuel every single day when i think about the fact that i walked away from a six dollar an hour job at a convenience store okay to do what i do now and that i will never again work in wilmore and i can tell you i will never again work in wilmore he was right <laughs> he he was one out of two. Nothing <laughs> wrong with Wilmore. I love Wilmore. It's just there's nothing for me to do as a financial advisor in there. I have clients in Wilmore. Yeah. But there's like we're not ever going to have an office there. Yeah. He was right. But that whole taking it personal, I take it personal exactly what he said. If I saw him on the street, I'd say, hey, how are you? Still missing that six bucks. But I put that in my little mind bank, and that's fuel for everything I do in this business and growing this business to prove him wrong. Fair enough. So that said, that was that was a kind of a worse job, right? Okay. So, what about best job? I'm going to go ahead and, and say and, let's and exclu- before we say that, let's exclude We'll exclude here. We'll exclude here this because career. I mean, this is obviously the best job anyone would ever have. I mean, because we're sitting here during the day afternoon, well, 4 p.m., having a bourbon, recording this. I mean, it's been a great day in the market. It's perfect, you yeah. know? Who wouldn't want this job? But outside of this, if you didn't have it, if this wasn't an option for you, what was your best job that you ever had and what would be your dream job? Ooh. So let's just do best job. I'll do best job, and then we'll go dream let's, job. Let's go best like first. That? My best job was my summer job between freshman, freshman and sophomore year of college. I was back in Baltimore. And I was working at a marina in Harbor East, which is probably the nicest part of downtown Baltimore, um, where a lot of the people come in from New York. There's a bunch of banks down there and stuff. Um, And there were about 200 slips in this marina. 
So my job was to go around and when people would bring their boats in, I'd wave them down, point them to their right slip, tie their boat up, uh, give them a bag of ice if they wanted, whatever they wanted, um, and then they would tip me for it. And then I would run on and do the next boat. Well, that was a lot of fun, especially on 4th of July and the and Memorial Day and sure, Labor Day and all those weekends. Absolutely. Because on those weekends, we would be there and everyone would come in on Thursday and Friday and I'd run around like a madman. They'd all tip me. I made pretty good money doing it because um, most of the guys would hand me 10, 20 bucks a piece and do 40 boats in a day. It's a good day. Um, and then on 4th of July, when everyone was already there, what I decided to do was I started selling ice because there wasn't much going on because all the boats were already there. So I started throwing ice in the dock carts, the big bags, and running them around to the boats. And then the guys would be like, come on, have a beer with us. Which, <laughs> of course, I didn't do because I was not 21. Of course you but didn't I do. ran. I did give them the ice, and I may have stood there for 10 minutes and had a Gatorade with them. And then after that, I would move on to the next boat, give them some ice, and move on. But I met, a, I met a lot of great people and and learned a lot of good life lessons there. And so. do you know what? That kind of feeds into like what what my best job was. I have two. But, you know, just like you said, it was the people and the interaction that you mm-hmm. loved. Okay, my my two favorite jobs ever, okay? And people are going to be surprised by this. One, um, and this job I actually did at rivaling pizza con, uh, pizza companies with the other person that, who went to Asbury at the time, who was my, um, you know, partner in crime, if you will. Uh, we were both communications majors, but Leland Conway. And of course, he's on air. He's got his own radio show, this and that. Um, but Leland and I, he he drove for Domino's, and I drove for Papa John's. And we'd see each other all around campuses and that night. Sometimes we'd meet up and say, "Hey, what? How? What? Tell those trade stories, this and that." But not a ton. But we knew of each other because while everybody else is out like having fun on a Friday and Saturday night, we're we're literally making pizzas. Getting dough out of, you know, literally making the pizza, topping the pizza, putting it in the oven, sliding into boxes, cutting it, tossing the car, driving as fast as we could to get there to places. And I did that, and I absolutely loved it because the people interaction. You got to meet all kinds of people. You got to meet businesses and, Mm -hmm. like, shift workers. You got to meet families. You got to meet husband and wife with no kids. Well, they'd call you, and and I think they kind of timed out my delivery and the arrival, if you will, with their – Friday night fun and you know someone would greet you at the door with a robe on and you're thinking like you're half dressed what's going on they're breathing heavy and you're thinking oh my gosh yeah totally different world but the whole point was it was a interaction with people and talking to people and I even learned not that I ever did this but every now and then of course you'd have some people to give you codes on the order so you'd pick them up a pack of cigarettes you'd pick them up a little extra Mountain Dew or something that we didn't offer right and you deliver it and you get an extra 20 bucks on the side you didn't do that of course no that was just, of course heard but about friends doing but that. it's all about customer service within the there was no rule that I couldn't but it was just not a recommended thing so uh, I live within the that that boundary, right? And I took care of my clients. Yeah. Right. So, and then the other thing that I did, which you probably have never heard of, um, there's this thing called the Olympics, right? Yeah. So the summer of the Olympics, I drove down from Lexington to Atlanta, 16 trips, and I listened to Dave Matthews' brand new album, all the way down, all the way back, with a bunch of buddies that were also going down there. Uh, for the Atlanta Olympics, and we were student workers at the Atlanta Olympics, but I was I was assigned as a liaison officer, 
So in other words, I talked to people was, and helped people out. Was this the one that there was a bombing at? Yeah, and okay. I got a story about that. Okay. So where I, I helped people out, talk to them. I actually had a job in Olympic Stadium. So there was four of us from the college that were like liaison officers in Olympic Stadium. Okay. And my height of my career at that point was Michael. I was assigned to Michael Johnson, and he won the 200 and the 400. Okay. When he broke the world record and won the 200, he literally handed me, he took off his gold shoes on his way to do his media conference. He handed me his gold shoes. I'm following behind him and taking him, escorting him to the media interviews, right? For the coverage, okay? Holding his gold shoes, walking by everybody. It's like, it'd be like walking into a club with, you know, some big name rapper or something at this point in time, and you've got like Cristal or LeBron something. LeBron James. Yeah, LeBron James. And you're walking in a club and you got Cristal and you know Ace of Spades, and everybody's like, "Who's that guy?" Yeah, you know, with LeBron. And I walk in there, I mean, with Michael Johnson. It was the coolest thing for as a kid, right? Yeah. To feel like, holy moly, like I'm a rock star. So that was fun. the The bad side of that job was sleeping on cots in Olympic Stadium because we couldn't get in and out on the train system so many times because it would be like an hour, hour and a half wait to go either way because people leaving on the MARTA system uh, from Olympic Stadium to go back to wherever they came from. So we'd sleep on the cots because we had to be back there at like 5.36 in the morning to start. So everything would wrap up at 11 and we'd stay. The one night that we actually made it all the way home, okay, I was staying downtown just outside of Centennial Park, okay? We had a bunch of us actually in a suite that we we actually put bunk beds into so it was like 16 of us sleeping in a hotel suite on the penthouse floor okay okay? but just for you know so we had accommodations well we had all gone as a group the liaison officers dancing at this club okay like i don't know 11 11 30 at night and of course that summer the 1996 biggest song was do you have any idea Again, I was born in 97, so no. I'm sorry. Song and dance. You missed out on this one, but you'll know it. Song and dance? Song and dance. The Macarena. Okay. Right? Oh, I know the Macarena. Hey, right. Macarena. Hoy. Yeah. So right. there you go. So we're dancing the Macarena. We hear a boom, and we thought it was just like a bass or something like that in the club next door, this or that. We walk out. That was the bombing? Yeah. And Centennial Park oh is like, like no joke. Like every police officer... In all of Georgia was there, and people are freaking out, this and that. Well, yeah. We walked out probably 15 minutes after the bombing. So we didn't see the initial like people running from the park, but we saw all the people on the sidelines freaking out, people crying, saw people bleeding. I mean, it was awful, okay? We, like, what's going on? Everyone's like, just get back to the hotel. So we go back to the hotel, we watch the news coverage, and we're literally looking out our window at Centennial Park and hearing the news coverage at the same time. We're yeah. on our balcony looking out on it. And it was just a complete crazy scene. So I was there. So it was, it was, um, but when it, the bomb actually went off, I was literally, I think I had my arms above my head, dancing the Macarena, going through the motions of the dance. I'd expect nothing less. No. So that was, that was truly, those were actually like my best jobs. Um, and I, you know, thinking forward, I mean, I often think if I wasn't doing this, what would I be doing for a living? Do you ever think of that? Yes. All right. So here's the question for you. If financial planning was no longer a thing, you had to start a brand new career right now, financial planning is done, what would you do? 
I would either be, I mean, you know how I love the horse industry. Yeah. You know, we, I own a bunch of horses. I love to race them. I love to pet them in the barns. I love to take my kids around them. I love to handicap horses and the races. I love, I love people watching, you know, Keeneland, Churchill Downs, mm-hmm. some of the best people watching in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, Disney maybe is a close second, third, fourth. But one side of me would say I would love to be in the horse industry. And I'd love to work with the races. I could see myself doing becoming a jockey's agent at some point. You know, like I retire from this career and maybe in my 70s. So I, I'm going to spend more time at the track and be a jockey's agent and, you know, actually watch every horse and run and negotiate. But the other side of it, you know, I'm jealous of those people on the Food Network. <laughs> Honestly, you know I what's going on. I am so jealous because, I mean, how hard is it to go restaurant to restaurant eating the most amazing, sickening, heart-stopping food? And, and still be a normal weight. And still be a normal weight. How do they do it every single day? Because I'm thinking if I could get that job, maybe I'd even lose weight doing it. Apparently, I don't know what they're on. It's some kind of medication or something. Or maybe they just take one bite and then spit it out, you know. But that food is so amazing. And you see these people having so much fun. I think it would be fun to go to every place, hear the owner's story, hear how this concoction came about, try it tell people how wonderful it is, and then just hit the road and go to the next one. Now, it's probably not that glamorous, right? Just like Instagram, I always say, you know, the person's Instagram it, life, it's not their real life. It's their Instagram it picture life. It looks better than it is. It but only they're, captures their best 1% of That's right. Yeah. But they're just they're people just like us. They have yeah. to get up. They have to pull on their pants. They have to go to work. They have to travel. They have to deal with traffic, you know, flat tires, yeah. anything and everything. But it sure looks like fun. Yeah. What about you? My dream one... Kind of similar to you. It would definitely be something with the horses. I don't know what. I would probably be... I would love to start... You want to be a jockey? I'm a little tall. And also, I can't ride horses. I tried. All right. So my, that's that. My, that's all. My, my fiance has a pony in, in Ohio. And <laughs> let's just say... You fell off the pony? I didn't fall off him, but I... I a pony? A, like the ones they have at the like no, at those. A, well, he's a retired quarter horse. But like the building. the circus, they take him around little rides. Were no, you the kid that fell off, or they're like, we got to tie Ryan's legs I to the horse? Would. I probably would. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I, I I'm not very I'm not a talented rider. I would probably start. I'd love to start some ownership groups and get okay. people together and and do that. That would be kind of a fun thing to do. I'm not sure, sure how profitable it would be, but. In another life, I'd like to But do it's that. dealing with people, right? Yeah. Both of us just said we'd love to do things yeah. that put us with people and talking with people and learning their stories. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That would be that would be something I'd really love to do and get to be around Keeneland more and can't beat that. So that would definitely be at the top of my list. So Really cool, Ron. Really cool. This has been fun doing this because we both learned something about each other, right? Yeah. It's been great. It's been great. All right, well, we'll wrap this one up, and thank you for listening to another episode of In My Day with Ryan and Dave, and we'll see you next time.